Today, we'll talk about Anthony Richardson and his Heisman hopes, how there isn't a moment too big for Nina Ricards, and we'll wrap up by talking about the Florida Gators softball team only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Friday. I am Brandon Olson. Twitter's WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole9Sports.com. Getting right into it. We're talking about Anthony Richardson and his Heisman hopes. And uh, according to Bet Online, Anthony Richardson is the eighth most likely Heisman winner behind Bryce Young from Alabama, who's a Heisman winner, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, Caleb Williams, formerly of Oklahoma, now at USC under Lincoln Riley yet again, then Jackson Dart, who came over from California to Ole Miss, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami, which is just not happening, Quinn Evers from Texas, which is just not happening, and Jackson Smith Njigba, the wide receiver from Ohio State. All of these guys are quarterbacks. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the only wide receiver. Not he's the only non-quarterback on the list here. And Anthony Richardson's got plus twenty-two hundred odds, and it's it's interesting to me because we're at the point in the season or the off-season where we don't know if Anthony Richardson's going to be the starter yet. Which we can say we think he will be. Most of us agree that yes, that is who it should be. Even I agree that is who it should be, and. Look, if he's the starter, hell yeah. But, like, take it because – and I, I I will also say, um, I know that y'all think I don't like him. Um, that's just not true. I am just more, I'll say, realistic about his performance last season than a lot of other people, or I am harsher and evaluating than a lot of other people. I think that's different because I can see the tools. I've said it before. I think he's got like potential to be a top five NFL quarterback. He's got a ridiculous arm. He does, he has one of the strongest arms I've seen in a college quarterback. He's got explosive athleticism that you see in even the most athletic running backs. He's got Saquon athleticism, especially when you consider his size. He is Saquon as a runner. So he, he is just, a freak bazooka for an arm. He's got an ex- he's an explosive runner that will create plays. The scheme is going to be friendly to him. It's going to be deep shots, which he's going to love, and screens, which is going to help stat his pads, pad his stats a little bit. Um, and obviously, he's going to make some things happen on the ground, assuming that he's a starter. And I'm fine making that assumption. I have no problem assuming that Anthony Richardson will be the starting quarterback. I also have no problem saying that if he is the starting quarterback. Uh, he should be above, just looking at the list, everybody except Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Caleb Williams. Uh, part of that is most players, if you're not on a team that's 10 wins, you're not like you're not going to be a Heisman winner. That's just how things work. So 
you can eliminate Jackson Dart from Ole Miss, who I think is going to put up gaudy stats, but I don't think that team is good enough. And I also don't know how much he's going to put up passing, considering that their rushing attack is going to be freaking insane. Um, you've got Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. Look, ACC, your time's done. You know, if it ain't Clemson dominating people, you're not doing it. Just the ACC is not strong enough. Quinn Evers, well, first of all, Quinn Evers hasn't even been named the starter, so there's that. He's also kind of scummy, so there's that. He also plays for Texas and seven win teams, eight win in the Heisman. And then you got Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, which, look, it, it's just, it ain't going to happen. As much as I love him, I think he's one of the most explosive playmakers in college football. I just, I, I don't think he's going to be the guy. You know, we had Devontae Smith win in before then. It was a very long time for a wide receiver won it. I just don't think it's going to happen, especially when you look at Ohio State, how many weapons they have on the field. Year in, year out. Travion Henderson, the Ohio State running back, is also a top 10. He's number nine right behind Anthony Richardson for the Heisman. This is a stacked team where I, I, I love you, I love you, Jackson Smith and Jake, but more than I love any other Ohio State player. I just don't think that the touches are going to be there because there's going to be so many mouths to feed in that offense. Um but again, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Caleb Williams are the only guys that I would have ahead of Anthony Richardson right now if Anthony Richardson is named the starter because if he's named the starter, he's going to put up damn good numbers. Bryce Young, we saw what he did last year. We know what he can do. We know he's going to probably do it again. CJ Stroud, we know what he can do. We saw it last year. First, And also, I'll say, I'm not as high on CJ Stroud as most people are. I think he played scared a lot of the time. And a you're a Gator fan, you know, scared money don't make money. So... We, we got to just recognize that C.J. Stroud, as good as you might be, you play scared a lot. And, and he's one of the most accurate throwers in college football, but he plays scared. And then Caleb Williams, the Pac-12 isn't that good, especially when you take all the players that are graduating right now or that are in the NFL draft. You've got Kayvon Thibodeau is gone. You've got Kyler Gordon is gone. You've got Trent McDuffie is gone. You've got so many good players that are no longer. Devin Lloyd's gone for Utah. You've got so many good players that are no longer in the Pac-12. You're going to beat up on people, and I think that's going to help Caleb Williams a lot. But I also think the Heisman voters are going to say, look, man, no. Um, we, we don't think he's good enough to do it. But also, why is Caleb Williams ahead of Anthony Richardson? Like, I say I would have him there, but wh why would odds makers have him there? Because Caleb, Richard, Caleb Williams got benched last season. Why is, why is he up there? He got benched by the same coach that he's working with now. I, it makes no sense to me as to why Caleb Williams would be there uh, for odds makers stance. I get it because I know it's a gaudy offense, but I, I also am like, why? You know what? No, Anthony Richardson's three. That's that's what it is. He's ahead of Caleb Williams. Get, get out of my face, Caleb Williams. I don't care. March Madness is just a couple weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're running your brackets. I got a suggestion. It's runyourpool.com. It's the place to be with standard brackets. They got Pick'em. They got Survivor. They got a whole bunch of stuff you could do. Stuff you won't find with ESPN or CBS, including a Locked On Gators bracket, which we'll be setting up next week so Locked On Gators listeners can join. We'll all set brackets. We'll all have fun. We'll, we'll set some stuff up. And, I mean, you'll be able to set it and compete with me. That's going to be really fun. If you're a Locked On listener, you can go to runyourpool.com slash locked on, and you can join a bracketology, a bracket tournament, where it's free to sign up, but you can win some money in it. If you want to set up your own pool for friends, family, business, 
charity, whatever purpose you got. Use code Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. RunYourPool.com is free to sign up, free to use. Just have to pay if you're setting up your own. It's the New Year's, so that means it's New Year's resolution time. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. I'm really bad at keeping my New Year's resolutions because I got one hell of a sweet tooth. That's just what it is. But every year that the goal is to get more fit, I'm yikes with it. Built Bar helps me out, though, because Built Bar is already coated in 100% chocolate. Bars just have 130 calories most of the time and four net carbs along with 17 grams of protein, which... I mean, also, they are very delicious. That, that's a huge added bonus. <laughs> Throw out the hidden stashes, Reese in the desk drawer, Kit Kat in the cupboard, mounds on the ground because they suck. Just so you know, just get Built Bars. So you don't have to sneak around, feel bad, none of that. Built Bars coming out with new flavors always so you won't get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at Built or BuiltBar.com. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Be sure to check out Locked On Bracket Breakdown on March 14th right here on the Locked On Gators podcast feed and YouTube channel. Host of Locked On SEC, Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling will be there to give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. Will the Gators be there? We'll find out. But talking about the women's basketball team now, Florida is down 31-22 at the half to Vanderbilt after an awful start at one point Vanderbilt is leading the game 16 to 4 in the first quarter I believe it was a 12-0 run to start the game for Vanderbilt it was just awful fast forwarding to later in the game Kiki Smith injured her knee and that sucks to see it's the second time she's gotten injured late in a game this season the other time was at LSU a couple weeks ago or against LSU a couple weeks ago she injured her hip or her back again. I still don't know what it was, but she came back the next game. She was fine. But um, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Florida dropped their last game to Vanderbilt. And when Kiki Smith, it already wasn't looking good. When Kiki Smith got hurt, I was thinking it was the end. Um, which again, we, we don't even have an update right now on Kiki Smith. Uh, I'm recording this immediately following the game. So we, we don't have an update on Kiki Smith. Um, or her injury, or her status for tomorrow's game, but, uh, well, now today's game, but uh, yeah, I, I was thinking it was the end, and then Nina Ricards, whew, and Zippy Brutton, um, I mean, hey man, combined for 29 points on 11 for 21 shooting, they also combined for 12 total rebounds, 8 for Nina, 4 for Zippy, Jordan Merritt and Faith Dude also combined for 5 blocks yesterday, and it, it was, it's a party, it's a party, it's a party. Like, that, that's all it was. It was a block party the whole time there. And look, I, I know that I already gave some props to Zippy Broughton and Nina Rickards, but um, guess what, Nina Rickards? Guess what? I'm going to do it again because uh, I, I, I cannot stress enough just how impressive their performances were. Looking at those late-game performances – I mean, Zippy Broughton, it, one of the sweetest and smoothest layups that I've seen very late in the game. And Nina Rickards had, uh, I mean, that clutch free throws. Uh, very clutch free throws to give the Florida Gators the lead. And I tweeted this immediately following the game. I tweeted, I, actually, it might have been before the game even ended, where I, I said it very outright. I'll say it again. For those of you who don't know, guys, I know I've mentioned that I'm from New York a lot. I know I mentioned that I live in New York. Um, 
I'm from Queens specifically. So Nina Ricards is, um, I mean, I, like I said, I said that on Twitter and I'll say it again. Uh, she's from Queens, dog. <laughs> Ain't a damn moment that's too big for her. It's a, it's as simple as that. Like, so it, it was just absolutely clutch free throws. Um, like I said, we've yet to receive an update on Kiki Smith, who, uh, I mean, I, I'm very interested to see if she'll be available today. The Gators play the Ole Miss Rebels at 3.30 Eastern time. And uh, the Gators have played Ole Miss once this season. And it was a just just massacre. Uh, Ole Miss won that game 74-56. But, hear me out, it was also that game that sparked that in, in just incredible run that Florida went on, where they went on to beat um, LSU, Alabama, Auburn, Texas A&M, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, and, and Arkansas, and um, I, I know I'm forgetting someone, but I'm, I'm just ripping off the top of my head here, and where they only lost to South Carolina, and then they went on a three-game losing streak following that massive tear that they went on and that three game losing streak has now been broken because the Florida Gators have beaten Vanderbilt in again it was one hell of a game like like off rip I was like damn Vanderbilt's doing it again just forcing turnovers forcing misses moving in transition making stuff happen where I was like Vanderbilt's gonna demolish the Gators again like like all right well not demolish the first time but Vanderbilt's gonna beat the Gators again it, it, it was a tough one when Kiki Smith got hurt when Florida was was rallying, I was like, damn, there goes the momentum. But, mm -mm. and I mean, also, like, I, I'll say, um, just, just if you didn't watch the end of the game and, and what happened after the game, melted my heart. Uh, Kelly, Kelly Ray Finley, the new head coach or the new permanent head coach of the Florida Gators, was in the huddle. She just tears of joy as she's giving her post game speech. She was just, just so incredibly happy. And it just, right right tugging on the heartstrings right there um where, where her zippy Broughton, they were they were all faith dude came up and gave her a big long hug and it lasted a while and it was just you could tell it was such an important win and zippy Broughton after the game was even saying you know kiki smith got hurt and and then we went we won this game for kiki like like we came out and we were like we need to win this game for kiki and zippy Broughton even said she's like, i'm a leader on this team with kiki, with kiki out i'm the leader on this team i need to be the one to step up I need to be one. To, I need to be the one to do things, and I, I think she did it. You know, um, I can say that. Just looking into the future, I could say that I, I know I talked a lot about this season about our, our big three. That was the KD, the Russell Westbrook, and the James Harden here. And I think when we look at who's going to replace Kiki Smith, which we will take a deep look at right now, I'm thinking it's Nina Ricards as 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 that stat sheet stuffer. You know, she already does. The points, the rebounding, she's just got to get the assist down, the steals down. But but she's already been, she's she's been that that extra that that little that Russ Westbrook light, that Kiki Smith light. Um, but I, I I think that she's gonna be the one. But just looking at this team, and it's like you could tell that they really rallied around Zippy Broughton and around Kiki Smith's injury. Um, but just looking at the rest of this SEC tournament, looking at the Women's March Madness tournament. I don't know if I've ever, or I'm sorry, I don't even know why I said I don't know. I know I've never wanted it as bad for a Gators women's basketball team as I do now. Like I've never wanted them to win as bad as I want this specific 
Florida Gators women's basketball team to win. And I mean, aside from Billy Donovan's last season in Gainesville, I don't know if I've ever wanted any basketball team to win as bad as I wanted this this Florida Gators women's basketball team. Like I, I'm, I, I'm talking any. I'm talking, you know, Billy Donovan Gators besides his last season. I'm talking New York Knicks. I don't know why I said that, like they're ever going to do it, but but them at any point, at ever, any season, and no other women's basketball team have I ever cared this much about. But damn, man, like I, I want it bad for the Florida Gators women's basketball team. I want them to win the national championship this year, win the SEC, and, and just keep doing their thing because I think they're so damn good. And at this point, we want South Carolina. I'll I'll say it. I don't, I got I don't, I got I'll say we want South Carolina. Run it. You know, it's simple as that. Just run it. Bring it. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know I did and didn't. It's been a little hit, little hit and miss. Uh, the Knicks Sixers games have been just cash cows for me at this point. It's just the easiest to go. R.J. Barrett, Julius Randall. Uh, Joel Embiid, James Harden, over, 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 over. Cash it. It's as simple as that. Uh, BetOnline.net even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device because y'all know I look. I know I usually I show my phone. I have my phone across the room, so I can't just get up and go grab it. But yeah, I use my phone a lot. And that, that's just how I prefer to do it. BetOnline.net, it's where the game starts. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about some softball things. The Florida Gators softball team came out of last weekend with a 16-0 record. And yeah, guess what happened? I said, can they break the Florida softball record? For best start in a season. You know why I said that? Some kind of dumb sometimes. So I said that. And of course, what happened next? Florida lost their very next game. Their one game on a weekday this week. They lost 5-4 to four to Southern Miss. Florida went down immediately. Um, Lexi Delbray got the start. She allowed three runs in the top of the first inning. And this is something we've seen quite a lot this season with Lexi Delbray. You know, you look at um, a couple weeks ago, I believe it was the Saturday game. She allowed two runs in the first inning and then she got pulled early. You look at um, this, I think it was this past Sunday. Yeah, this past Sunday, she allowed two runs in the first inning, two runs in the second, got pulled before she got an out in the second inning. And I mean, obviously that sucks. But then we look at Wednesday, and she allowed three runs in the first inning, and things were a little different. I don't know. I don't know who made the call. I don't know what happened. But Lexi Delbray, the thought with her was, let, let let's let her work out of it. You know, let let's see how she how she faces this adversity. Will will she come back and and, and fight hard? And will will she? cleaned it up and she finished with nine strikeouts so she had but she also did clean it up for the most part she she allowed five total runs four of them were earned and they all came in the first two innings she allowed one run in the second inning uh it was a, an earned run and i mean look the, after that she was scoreless for the remainder of the game until the seventh inning where she allowed an unearned 
runs. So when you look at Lexi Delbray, like she allowed five runs. Yes, four of them were were earned. One of them was unearned. And I I think that she worked through that slump and it, it was kind of great. But it's also another thing where you can look at where why did Lexi Delbray pitch almost the entire game? especially after that first inning where she usually has been pulled after allowing two runs in the first inning. Um, And the thought process could have been, you know, Sunday was a long game. (laughs) Sunday, Sunday was a long game Went four deep in the pitching staff. Natalie Lugo closed it out and got the save. Maybe you, maybe just everybody was like, Hey, Natalie Lugo, we need her in two starts this weekend. And she's probably going to go deep in both of those starts. Elizabeth Hightower, we need her for two starts this weekend. And she's probably going to go deep in both of those starts. So let, let, let's keep the rest of the pitching staff ready and available and rested. Uh, and I think that's more about it than just, you know, let's let her work through it. Which I'm glad they did because she showed like, hey, you don't have to pull me if I struggle in the first inning. You don't, you don't have to yank me out here. I, I can I can bounce back, and I can rebound, and I, and I can get this thing under control, and I can get it going. And that's a big thing. The Gators' bats were active, not active enough to uh, to drive in runs. They had nine hits, just couldn't drive home the runs, as obviously they finished with four runs broken. Uh, they left seven on base throughout the game, which is not ideal, but, uh, I mean, it, it happens. It is what it is. It's just one of those games where you can't, you can't expect them to be superhuman always. It's just a matter of how you bounce back from that loss now because obviously the pitching staff has given up more runs recently than the entirety of the season. So it's time to kind of kind of see who's made of what. Um, the Gators are playing, like I mentioned, five games in three days this weekend. We spoke about it earlier this week. The Gators take on Georgia State and Coastal Carolina on, well, today, starting at 3.30 Eastern time and then 6 p.m. Eastern time. Then tomorrow... The Gators take on Tennessee State at 1 Eastern. I don't know why I'm specifying. It's Eastern time always. Just know that. Then on Sunday, the Gators wrap up their very busy weekend with Coastal Carolina at 11.30 a.m. and then Georgia State at 2 p.m. And uh, that'll wrap it up. And I've mentioned, you know, when the Gators were still 16-0 and and they were still undefeated, I was like, hey, maybe, maybe uh, (laughs) Georgia State and – Coastal Carolina, maybe they just take L's in that first weekend, like in that first two games. They're like, we're going to be well rested for Sunday, and that's when we're going to try to get them when they're tired. But, pff, don't even got to do that anymore. That just, I just slammed my hands so hard. Um, but I mean, it's insane. Like, 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 I mean, the biggest takeaway is this is an insane schedule. Like, like if they walk away still 16 and one, well, obviously they can't walk away still 16 and one after five games. But I mean, if they can take it 21 and one or even 20 and two, like that's a phenomenal start to this season, no matter how you want to slice it. Like that, that's one hell of a start, whether it's Cheyenne Lindsay getting like heating up again, uh, Charlotte Eccles heating up again, whoever it may be. I mean, I like Gator softball is here. Like this is a damn talented team. They're a damn good team. And I'm, I, I think it's a phenomenal roster that we have right now. And I think that they're, they're cooking and, I think that the loss on Wednesday is only going to light a fire under them to really make them turn it up and just punish people as the season goes on. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free to listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a bonus episode about Kyle Trask. Now make your second listen Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects, 
and NFL front offices. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E and I any sports, and I will see you all tomorrow.